The following programming may contain viewpoints and opinions that do not necessarily reflect those of Listen Up Talk Radio. Welcome to realestatetorontoradio.com, the weekly show about buying and selling real estate in the greater Toronto area and sometimes beyond with Aura Ross of the Mulholland Ross Real Estate Group. 30 minutes of hot topics and indispensable advice from experienced professionals that work for you. Another week, another hot real estate deal. Welcome to realestatetorontoradio.com. I'm Todd Miller along with Aura Ross. Good evening, good day, good Afternoon. Good morning, yes. whenever you're watching. Yes. I hope it's good. Yeah. <laughs> what's what's new? I mean, there's just been um, stuff going on here. I'm sure there's stuff going on in the city as well. Sure. And, and I mean, a um, couple things. One is uh, we were warning our, our listeners a few weeks back to get their pre-approvals in for any... Um, if they were going to buy something using less than 20% down, because as of today, uh, anyone who did not get their pre-approval in and is using 20% or less down and who requires mortgage insurance financing, they will see a slight premium. It's It won't break the bank. It really won't. Um, on an average $500,000 home, if you're putting in nine, you know, your 19%, you're going to pay about $8. You're going to pay almost $9 a month wow. extra. Yeah, so it's it's not a huge amount. I mean, I think over a long period of time, it can add up. Um, but it's just another little piece, right? I mean, all these little changes can add up. And, and we know that it's tough as it is getting into the market anyway. So, you know, we just can't help but tell people to to constantly keep their ducks in a row. So when that opportunity comes up, you're ready to jump. And you know, I'm watching people just sitting on the fence. Uh, so what I want to talk about today um, a little bit is this conundrum. We're still at it about buying first versus selling first because today more than ever, it's a concern either way. And um, it has been the biggest question and the biggest hurdle we've seen this week from people who are sitting on very valuable properties whether they should buy first or sell first. So we're going to talk about the pros and cons on that one. And the other one that hit the news, did you see, I mean, in the last couple of weeks, the, the news is back talking about a possible foreign tax in Ontario. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, there's people people in the know, and there's people like me who are considering themselves interested in real estate and involved to some degree. And, and some of us are going, okay, something needs to be done to curb these prices because... Um, I had a friend who's a real estate, uh, he's a mortgage broker and he's, he's out of town, but he was talking with people in Toronto and they're saying these days, if a couple doesn't have $200,000 income, it's hard to get into the market. It, it, well, it is, I mean, depending on again, what you're buying, because we do know that you can buy a condo for far less than 200 income. I mean, you can do it with about 60, 65, if you've got some down payment, but it is, look at it's it's tough getting in the market. The question is is will the foreign tax actually make any difference? Will it affect prices? Um, remember, a lot of people are already in the market and they're just trying to make their next move. You add a foreign tax, and what will you know? It affects not just what they're purchasing, but what they're selling. True. So 
there's a few there's a few things to look at and the other sort of debate i was listening to this week which was interesting was uh so i thought i'd be just to, you know hash it out ourselves because we love to debate these things um is you know this conversation about we need more housing we need more housing a lack of housing well I was listening to um, another radio show as well as a couple clients of ours that are in the new home builders. Uh, they they are new home builders north of the city. You know they do they do the full you know they'll do a hundred homes, two hundred homes in a in a new home site, and you know they were sharing some numbers with me that um, <clears throat> kind of illustrated that we actually don't have a shortage of homes. Okay. Um, compared to our population, we don't have a shortage of homes. Oh, there's a ratio have, or something. Yeah. So the question is: is are we are do we should we be budgeting our home supply to for two to three to one? Okay. Hold you know, should, you know, should we budget for people owning more than one home, two homes? Um, so it's just an interesting, it's just an interesting side from builders. The conversation was happening with builders, and they were not necessarily saying there's a shortage of actual homes. So I thought we'd talk about all those different things because they are happening right now today in our market. This is what's affecting us today. Cool. Stay tuned. More Real Estate Toronto Radio right around the corner. Buying or selling a home, condo, or investment property might be one of the largest transactions you'll ever make. So it's important to gather as much information as you can, and preferably from experienced, successful professionals like the Mulholland Ross team. When it comes time to make your move, call the Mulholland Ross Keller Williams Referred Real Estate Team at 416-230-8500 or visit realestatetorontoradio.com. Whether you're making your first move or your 21st, the Mulholland Ross team offers over 30 years of real estate sales and service across the GTA. Tune in Sundays at 4 p.m. on Listen Up Talk Radio or Tuesdays and Fridays on Voices Radio, CKAV, to hear the team share advice and information that will assist you with your personal wealth through real estate. And that is exactly what the Mulholland Ross team does every week, help you increase your wealth through real estate. And you were talking about a property you listed this week. Yes, so we listed a property um, in the pharmacy St. Clair area. It's called Birchmount Clair Lee on oh, Toronto Real Estate. It's a cute Board. little area. It is a cute little area. And, you know, uh, for those of you who haven't wandered east in a while, because, you know, you say to people, you know, east or uh, pharmacy or Scarborough, God forbid we talk about Scarborough, there's such beautiful spots in these communities and there's so much change going on. So here's this little neighborhood. It's kind of been sitting there. We sold it to the couple, I got to say six years ago and a little two bedroom bungalow, 40 foot lot, you know, sitting in a row of them. So you know what's happening everywhere else in the city where we see little 40 foot lots, bungalows. And um, it's, a, it's a cute little house. We put it on MLS for uh, $729. Now, let me explain. I'm going to go back because okay. actually I think a few months ago we actually talked about this. We talked about we were getting this house ready for sale. And there were two sales on the street. And one took a bully offer and sold for 6 sorry, 741 or 721. And the other one waited for their offer date, got 771. We actually spoke about this particular street. So now we're listing this home. We've listed it at 729. So yes, we're listing it what we 
believe to be a little bit lower. Um, we've got a young family. We've got twin little kids. So we've got like a short period of time to keep this house clean and get it off. <laughs> 20 minutes. And, yeah, that's right. That's right. In fact, this family, you know, we talked to, you know, families about would it make sense to tidy up your home, move out for a week if it meant $50,000 more or whatever. So this family took it and said, yep, we're moving out for a week. Hmm. Clean the house. Um, and um, the highest sale price of comparable homes in that immediate block was about 820 Okay. Just recently, and um, we're seeing over 850 happening around us wow. in that same pocket. So here, but the real the real story is here, is that you know I'm always talking to people about there are neighborhoods to get into that are still affordable. Yes, there are homes under a million dollars in Toronto. Yes, there are homes under 800 in Toronto, and so. This was one of those homes that even even six months ago when we were telling people, don't give up, don't give up. This is, there are communities out there. This is an example of a community out there that now is just starting to see its lift. I, there's still tons of growth opportunity here because it steps toward the subway station. And to me, again, this really stresses the importance of working with an agent because if I were to look at realtor.ca, it's not going to tell me what's happening in an area. I mean, I don't know other than the prices. Is it going up? Is it going down? Is it undervalued? Um, is it about to explode? And that's really working with an agent to help you who has more knowledge about a particular area like that. You found that area. It's true, you know, because here's here's something. What, what wasn't going on when this couple bought the property was there wasn't um, the convenience of some of the shopping places that they have today. Um, there wasn't money spent in local parks and so on, but we knew it was a changing neighborhood. So now, of course, they've got the new park equipment. You drive around tons of places to shop, tons of restaurants. Um, you walk around and you look at other people's homes and we're seeing the new windows going into the old bungalows. We're seeing second stories going on top, new garages going on back. And, you know, for any of us who've lived any amount of time on this earth, <laughs> okay. those changes are the sign of a changing area. You know, every neighborhood is either inclining, stagnant or declining. At any point in our life, at any point in time, every community is doing one of those three things. It may be perceived that the entire city is going up. And while prices are going up, some neighborhoods are stagnating, meaning we're not seeing the change, we're not seeing the turnover, we're not seeing um, new money coming in and fixing up old places. So this neighborhood was one of those that was sort of stagnating and even declining for so many years. And here we go. And I mean, we can, you know, we can think of places like Regent Park, Ronsonsvale, um, even Young and Shepherd was in a state of, of stagnation, almost decline 20 years ago, 25 years ago, 30 years ago. Yeah, and we keep talking about Corktown. I mean, my goodness, you know, 30 years ago, you wouldn't want to go near the place. And now it has just completely been revitalized. It's true. And we are working with couples in that Weston, Keel, Lawrence, Eglinton, again, areas that... 40 years ago were very popular. A lot of nice families moved in. 20 years ago, not so popular. Even today, if I say to people, Weston, they're like, oh, it's like, please drive around. You have to look at the changes going on because there really aren't 
that many, I can't even think of a bad neighbor in Toronto anymore. So we're running out of them. If you want to get into one at a half decent price, we're running out, you know. But there are communities in Toronto that are not uh, necessarily seeing that average increase of 30% in a year. Right. And, and I mean, Weston yeah. is a good case in point because they've got these beautiful street signs up now. Uh, you know, the, they're doing a lot of road work. It really has gone through a bit of a metamorphosis. It's true. And so now, again, you know, it's getting even tougher to get in. But a year ago, we were saying to people, get in, get in, because, oh, my gosh, this neighborhood has a lot going on for it. So, um, you know, I, I did a little blog post this week. Um, if you go to realestatetoronto.com slash blog, you'll see my, uh, might be one or two down now, but it was called, um, uh, is, can the young really afford to buy in Toronto? Something like that. Can it? And, and I shared our story, um, my story with my partner's story, as far as how we bought the first dump in a neighborhood that was not popular. And, and well, actually he did, he first bought the first dump and he rented out and he fixed it up and he rented out rooms. And then together we bought another dump and we even took a roommate with us cause we were so nervous about our $260,000 mortgage or $220,000 mortgage. Cash flow. So, yeah. So, you know, definitely there's, there's, there's ways to do it. So I was just sorry. Cause we talked about talking about something else on the intro. And now I just remembered, we've got this great listing that, you know, we'll, we'll sell for under a million. And I apologize to my sellers if I've put that out there, but I, I'm pretty sure we're, we're seeing under a million and it's a great house on a great lot with tons of future ahead of it. So there's lots of those still in the city. If somebody has questions, um, the foreign tax though has come back into discussion. Hmm. And so where, you know, interesting are, you know, um, we, the, the province just shot it down last year. Like it wasn't even on the table, right? It was just a, no, we're not interested this year. It's a conversation of we're rethinking the foreign tax. Yeah. I mean, everything is kind of open for discussion. I mean, you may just say, we'll talk about it at a later date, but it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It means maybe it's not the right time, but with the continued pressure on the market, I think they have to take another look I, I think they have to so uh, yeah I think they have to take another look I think the big question is is will a foreign tax in Ontario make any effect affect anyone uh, will it affect the prices will it slow down the increase or potentially drop the prices I mean if today prices drop 10% um, we're in March if the prices drop 10% we're back to February yeah you know, it's not taking us back two years. No. Um, and we, we saw a 27.7 increase year over year from February to February. Hmm. So it'll, that'll be interesting. Um, I, one thing I was kind of happy to hear was that it wasn't a Toronto discussion. It is an Ontario discussion. And I think that's really important because if it became a Toronto discussion, my concern would be our city would become like many cities where people leave. The inner cities collapse. That's right. And we know it's not healthy, right? So, um, and and right now we've talked about this on our show too, the 905 area is going up at a faster pace than the 416. So if you threw the tax just on Toronto, our 905 would go nuts. Yeah, which, which would, would be a bad thing for some people. But for others, again, it puts a lot of pressure because there are there's a lot of people moving out that way. 
Well, it's it, it becomes um, it becomes the rush to the 905, and now whatever problem people felt we had in in the GTA is now a, a 905 issue, and the city of Toronto is not part of it. Um, remember, the 905 is going up at a greater speed than the city of Toronto. So, to and and the and the other thing is Toronto has boundaries. We are bounded, right? So if you gave it just to Toronto, the boundary, uh, the, the, we wouldn't. What am I trying to say? The problem would be a city problem, and everyone would just get north of Steeles or east or west. Yeah, and Vic the, Park. And well, no, no, sorry, not even Vic Park. We're talking like, uh, yeah, like Port Union. So yeah, yeah, it's a big swath of land, but still, it would be a very hyper-focused issue. Well, my thinking too is perhaps if it was an Ontario thing, uh, maybe it wouldn't need to be as much as fifteen percent. I don't know if Ms. Wynn and her group are listening, but that's my idea. So like 7.5 uh, or something, yeah. But the thing is, is that our price increases aren't a Toronto issue anyway. They are an Ontario issue. We are watching prices in Kitchener, Waterloo, Oshawa. Um, they're all going up at the same rapid pace. Their numbers are lower to start, but the increases are the, of the same percentage. So we kind of, if we're, if the idea is affordable housing, we kind of have to throw it right across the whole area. Barrie, Collingwood, um, even into the Kawarthas, we're seeing these prices, you know, go up. I mean, I'm watching um, my buddy in Milton post some of what's going on there, and they're they're hitting a million bucks, what seems like daily on homes that I, I just a year ago would have been seven fifty eight hundred. So then maybe the foreign buyer tax isn't the cure-all that they're making it out to be, and there has to be some other discussion or some other factors. I think it might be the cure-all because I think that if you threw that on on Ontario, um, I think it might just calm the entire province down. So it would calm the activity down or calm the, the impressions that there's something big going on? Okay, so that's a great question because the other piece that I keep hearing alongside with, um, you know, how can the young get into the real estate market and the prices are going up and they keep telling us it is a supply issue. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've talked to a few people now in the last week who are involved in new home development right across the GTA and, and north of the city. And... I actually was hoping I'd have all their numbers for today, and I don't. So next week, for sure, we'll have their numbers. But in conversation, they were saying, listen, our, we are we are building, we have a greater supply of homes today than we've ever had and more developments about to get built than we've ever seen. And it's we're actually growing our new home division faster than the province is adding people. Huh. Because that's so, what I was going to say. Is it a population issue? You know, I don't think it's a population issue. I think it's a house per house per household issue. Ah. So we've got, you know, so again, going back, is this a foreign tax? Is this local? I don't, is this foreign? Is it local? I mean, that really is for, for our Ontario census to figure out. But um, when people come in and buy four homes on a street in a new housing division or an entire floor in a condo. Ooh. And, you know, we're hearing more and more and more about the empty house syndrome, which again, all everything we ever heard coming out of Vancouver, I promise you, we're dealing with it here. Everything. 
So um, that empty house syndrome is an issue. Now, we might not see entire blocks of it. How in Toronto, because we don't have new housing blocks in Toronto, we do have them though in Richmond Hill and out where you are going out to the east, where, where you know, a builder will launch 90 new homes and somebody walks in and buys 20 of them. Hmm. What we do have in Toronto though is our infill homes. We've got a lot of new infill homes, right? And, uh, you know, those are the new homes that pop up in an old street, right? Yeah. And more and more, I'm hearing homeowners, neighbors to those new homes telling me that they have never seen anyone in or out of that house. That, that um, they see the snow getting plowed, they see um, a company come and look after the garden, but they have not seen somebody go in and out of that house. Hold that thought. We're going to take a short break, and then I want to ask you about what's happening with that house. You're listening to realestatetorontoradio.com. back from the break what what is happening with those homes you were talking before the break about um the the gardens are being maintained the snow's being plowed but there's nobody in it well again i mean we've got a lot of people buying toronto real estate for all the reasons we've heard in the papers and on the radio um but they're not living here they're not living here yet or they have no intention of living here i would tell you a lot of them really are planning to move here. I mean, that's the intent is go buy the real estate now. Market will continue to go up. By the time we get there, great, we can sell it for a profit and make another move or we just move in. And I, I have to believe on some of these new homes, that's the plan. Um, but in the meantime, we've got a lot of these empty homes sitting here. So where it's affecting our communities, again, we're not seeing, and, and I'd, I'd have to talk to someone living um, a little north of the city to see if they're seeing it at a different level, but we're not seeing it to the point where um, we've got an entire block of empty houses. We're seeing a neighborhood of people who live in their homes and, and you know, maybe four or five new homes have gone in on their block and two or three of them are sitting empty. Hmm. And so it is affecting our the little local community right down on the street where the person used to walk outside and talk to their neighbor and, you know, exchange clippings and, you know, potatoes over the fence or whatever, um, or even just help getting kids to school you know, or even just having that neighbor you can call on to take your key when you go on holiday to water your plants, all of those things. That's what's changing. Hmm. That's what's changing. So I am getting, I'm just hearing it in the last few weeks, more and more people saying, Aura, the neighborhood's changed. Well, neighborhoods always change. Okay, whatever. But when they go into why they're feeling the change, they're, they're saying it's quiet. Like there's nobody in these three houses around me. So um, why wouldn't they even rent changing. them out and make some income? I don't understand. They're just sort of keeping it, sitting on it, and then they're going to flip it if they choose not to move in. Well, some of them do rent out, and those are our investors. And some of them are just, it's, you know, I think it might even be more hassle to rent it out. They just wanted to get their money out from wherever it was and get it into real estate. And it's appreciating, so they're and happy. it's appreciating. And for some of these people, the money spent isn't going to affect their lifestyle so ah, much. Ah, okay. Yeah. Hmm. So... 
So that's an interesting one. So then when I go back to the foreign tax, I think, well, maybe the foreign tax would curb that behavior a little bit. Um, you know, maybe there were other families that would have bought that new home and lived in it. I don't know. Um, someone brought up a great idea this uh, this last couple of weeks in all these, because this is, I mean, this is being talked about everywhere on, on the social media platforms, agents share. Um, at every appointment I go on, geez, I was at Starbucks buying a coffee. It came up. Someone saw I was holding something in my hand that said an offer on it or something. They caught who I was. And um, it's just in every conversation. And the foreign tax thing, when you think about it, somebody buys a house, they buy a house, they pay the property taxes, and you think that's fair, you're done. But that person moving in and buying that house is not shopping locally at the local grocery stores, is not sending a child to the local school, is not um, buying clothes in the local stores, right. is not joining the local yoga club. Okay. So all of the money spent in the community is not happening. So when somebody says foreign tax and you think, oh, it's too much, it's a ripoff, it'll start it. When you think about it, it's actually kind of fair. You're kind of saying to these people, you're paying a little bit of money into the community that you would have paid if you lived here and supported that community. Yeah, and I could probably honestly say I don't think that the tax would equal what the person would spend if they lived there. And you're right. I agree. They, sh 100%. they shopped at the local grocery store, the barber, whatever. I mean, there's a bigger impact there. That's right. And that's really what makes our community stay strong. So these people uh, would, you'd think if they're owning our real estate and they wanted to appreciate, they would want to continue to support the communities because it's the communities that keep the real estate's value up. Yeah. So just some things to think about. I mean, I, 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 I certainly, I don't see a foreign tax as being an unfair tax, especially when we look at how other countries tax their foreign buyers and their foreign real estate owners. Yeah, I mean, we're 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 a bit of a tax haven for some people. Right depending on where they're coming from. So um, I think that would be good. And look, and I know I'm really brutal on the first time buyers and I'm telling them, hey, quit being, you know, whiny about it. But the reality is, is we do work with a lot of you for first time buyers and it is tough and we're doing everything we can to get you into the market. And so maybe this foreign tax, and again, I'm not for a big one, <laughs> mm -hmm. but maybe it will soften things just enough to allow people to stop think, breathe, buy a home, do a home inspection, do a condition on financing, do the things that traditionally people would do when they spend, you know, half a million to a million dollars. Yeah, because the whole just sort of jumping in with both feet without any conditions is, is uh, somewhat frightening these days. Yeah, it, it is. It is. I, I, I uh, you know, I'll tell you another little piece is funny is because People are always saying to me, oh, my God, or you must love this market. The prices are going crazy. You guys must be making so much money. And I know most of our listeners out there are going, yeah, listen to this whiny realtor talk about this and that. She must be loving this market. You know, as a realtor, this is not a... Uh, this is not a fun market. It's not an easy market. Our buyers sometimes have to make, you know, three, four, five offers before they actually get the home. We only get paid if they get the home. Yep. So, um, you know, and, and to watch our clients increase their price point so much over the course of making these offers is also frightening. Um, we had a client today talk about 
um, she was concerned this morning when we were talking about buying first or selling first. And they're trying to stay within a certain spread. And we know what they've got if they sell it. For sure, we could... We can sell it quickly, so maybe they should buy first. But their concern is, what if the 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 foreign tax kicks in the day after they buy a house? Yeah. And now they got to sell their house, so they're concerned. And then they were saying, but if we sell first, what if the prices do another fifteen percent climb next month? Now we have to buy, and we've lost our buying power. I. Yeah. So in this market, making a move is not easy. And I can tell you as a realtor, it's not easy because it's difficult for us to advise our clients in a way that um, we can be assured we're saving the money and, and we're doing the best for them. It's up until this conversation last week about the foreign tax, I was telling people for sure, for, for sure, buy first, buy first. Make sure you get so, what you want. Yeah sell second we can sell your home we know the we know the the lowest you know we know the worst case scenario price on your home we know it firmly in our heads uh like we can even guarantee that price if no one else pays it we're prepared to pay it like that's a guaranteed price um but now we have to be careful because this talk about the foreign tax and and in vancouver there was no heads up on that remember they announced it and it kicked in i think within 72 hours but so, I don't see, I mean, what's the average days to close now? Like seven or eight days or something like that? It's something ridiculously small. To, to sell? To sell. Right, in, in central Toronto, we're sitting at 13 days. 13 days. So I don't, I don't know, would it have that great an effect where all of a sudden we're pushing it out to 60 or 90 days or, or getting into a non-multiple offer situation? Well, I think if today the news came on that um, as of tomorrow there's a foreign tax, um, yeah, I think it would stall people out for a few weeks, mm. and then and then it would become normal. But it might become normal. I, I don't know. I mean, Vancouver—it's now their new normal. But it came back normal after a fifteen to twenty percent price drop. Right. Right. So, um, so it's a little trickier. So again, if you're sitting there, you've got the funds, you've got the means, you know exactly where you want to go and how you want to do it. The question now is, do you buy first or sell first? And it's a bit of a deeper question that we were than we were treating it a few months ago. This used to be the biggest question when our market was lower, or we were declining, or we were doing some inclines. Today, though, with a few things in the news as unknowns, it becomes even a more important question. So I, I do recommend speaking to your local realtor, giving us a call um, to have the conversation about timing and so on. Never gets boring, does it? No. <laughs> well, you know what? When I meet people that uh, new agents and I say, why are you in the? Why did you choose real estate? You know, if they tell me they chose real estate because they love architecture and homes, I'm thinking, OK, <laughs> this isn't going to work. But if they tell me they got into real estate because they love people and they can work with all types of people and they work well under stress and quick change, I'm like, OK, there's hope for you. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So realestatetoronto.com slash blog is where you'll find uh, your musings, your written musings anyways, and here's where you're going to find your uh, verbal musings every week. That's right. Where can they reach you other than realestatetoronto.com? 
416-230-8500. You can always ask for the Maholland Ross Group. You'll get one of us. And if you want to just send me a quick email, try aura at realestatetoronto.com. Uh, we respond quickly and we love hearing from you, especially if there's things that you're just not hearing on this show that you love a nice, clean, clear answer on. Please shoot us your, your questions, your topics, and we'll be sure to cover them. And we'll scrap here weekly with opposing <laughs> viewpoints, won't we? Maybe in a future show. Yeah, let's do it. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Take care, everyone.